Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. On Tuesday, June 23rd, Awana is hosting an event on Awana's Facebook and the YouTube channel for Awana called Awana Clubs in the New Normal. Yes, we might actually get to a new normal. This event will be incredibly practical, and our hope and desire is to come alongside you and help navigate the upcoming ministry year with collaboration and support. In a world that feels tense and burdened, we long to shine a beacon of hope as we remind ourselves the importance of discipleship in our current day. You have been called by God to serve your community, and now more than ever, we want you to know that you are not alone. You can register for the event at either 1 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, June 23rd. And we would love to have you join us live on Awana's Facebook and the YouTube channel for Awana so that you can get the full community of Kidman leaders being together during this crucial time. In fact, go ahead and pause this podcast right now if you have to. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more information on how to register. Today, Matt Markins and Melanie Hester join me for a conversation about this event and the importance of coming together as a Kidmin community right now as we look ahead to the fall. This conversation starts with Matt Markins explaining what this event is and who this event is for. Spoiler alert, it's for everybody who cares about this conversation around resilient child discipleship. Thank you for listening. Here is episode 44 of the Resilient Disciples Podcast. I thought 2020 was going to be this amazing year, this year we've looked forward to on the calendar for decades. And wow, it was not the year that we thought it was going to be. So COVID-19 knocked us off balance. So many of our churches have not been meeting, at least until perhaps in recent weeks. So so we've been getting a ton of questions like, what is ministry going to look like this fall? Our missionaries, our headquarters, we get all sorts of phone calls and emails. And you guys have been asking the questions. Uh, and so many of you have so much to speak into the conversations, share your ideas that we've been listening to. And our team has put together some ideas. So perhaps your church is already meeting back on your church campus, or you're doing it all online, or you're doing some, something in the home or some kind of hybrid of those. We're going to talk about different ideas that can fit into each and every one of those contexts. It's going to be a time of, of inspiration, equipping, and a ton of fun. That's great. I think one of the things that I want to make sure we hit right away is people are going to be able to watch this event on Facebook, Facebook live premiere. If I just said something to you that you're not sure what those words mean, um, in the link for this episode in the show notes is going to take you right to an opportunity to register the event and you'll be able to follow the links to be able to watch this experience. But we're going to be premiering this event twice and I want to really encourage you to watch this thing live. Because not only are you going to be watching it, but you're going to be coming together like this community, like you're talking about, Matt, and being able to bounce ideas off of each other and, you know, just interact with people who don't have the same last name that you do. Oh, Ross, I so agree with that. There's there's going to be a daytime showing and then like an evening. So if if you've got a longer lunch break or or if if you don't work the day shift, right, like this will be great for you. But if you've got time off in the evening, this is so we're we're doing two so that we can make time for people's different different work schedules. But I so agree, Ross, that 
being there for the live event, being there to be able to comment and engage in real time. It's, it's just a very different experience. And, 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 if, and if you guys can work your schedules around that, I think it'll be definitely, definitely be worth it. For sure. Now, we know that where people are going to hear from you, but who else are people going to hear from during this experience? Yeah, so uh, CEO of Awana, Valerie Bell, will be kicking us off. Uh, I'll be able to share a little bit about, perhaps if you're listening, you, you've heard about the resilient child discipleship philosophy uh, that Awana uh, has been developing for several years now. We studied our history. We looked back at 70 years of Awana's history and said, what, you know, what was the best of Awana and what has risen to the top? And so we've, we've put that together in our book, Resilient. And then thirdly, we'll be hearing from Ed Goshen. Uh, Ed is uh, Vice President of U.S. Missionary and Field Operations. So he's going to be talking about what uh, a handful of ideas that their team has to help our churches. And then uh, finally, Tim and Linnea Sandball uh, from San Diego, some of our missionary friends there who have been listening to other churches. Also, they're parents, practitioners, and missionaries. So they've got a they're coming at it from different perspectives. So we've got a great team, a lot of creativity. Looking forward to sharing all that. Yeah. And uh, fun fact, Tim was the first person at Awana that I met. So um, How about that? Tim, you know, Matt, uh, you can blame Tim for all the problems that I've caused you since I started. So <laughs> uh, Melanie, I want to bring you into this conversation because I think Matt brings up an interesting uh, angle to this, uh, this event with talking about the sandballs. We know that the average... Awana club leader is probably a parent of a child in that club. They might even be a grandparent or someone who, whose child went through the program and now they're grown up and they're, but they're still investing in this ministry in their local church. And it's awesome. And we are so glad that you are choosing to do that. However, we also know that that person might be tired. We know that that person might be a little overwhelmed for you as someone who's navigating this with your own kids, but also someone who, who has such an expertise in being a practitioner and now someone with, whose role at Awana includes a lot of listening to clubs, how would you answer the person who's like, why, why should I make time for this? Why, why is this the right time for me to do this thing? Why can't I just deal with it in the fall? Yeah, uh, you know, there's an interesting perspective when you've come off of something that feels like it's just so energy sucking that it's like, I need I need to, I need a break. I need to check out. I need to, to put my mind somewhere else. And there's a lot of value in that mental health. There's a lot of value in just sitting and, and trying to recoup and say, Hey, I need to kind of gain some of that energy back. Um, but whether, whether you're recouping from what we would consider a typical club year or whether you're recouping from a COVID-19 ending of a club year, which puts a lot of um, wrenches in, in what we had planned. Right. I think, where we can sometimes fail to miss that as we as we kind of unwind and we debrief, we are also looking ahead. We're looking forward to what God has for us in, in the future. And so now's the right time because we've come off of seeing so many things that we've learned. We've learned things about our families. We've learned things about the kids that we serve. We've learned things about ourselves and, and the ministry that has been set up that God's called us to. And I think that all of those things that we're, con, we're, we're learning are going to continue to be opportunities for us to reinvest our focus in the fall. And so I think as we sit today, you know, don't look at this as something that's a dish to check off of your to-do list. Um, we're inviting you into this as an opportunity 
to begin to um, hear vision that's being cast over what the fall might look like and how we can connect um, in, in a way with our, our families that connects what we've learned into what ministry might look like in the fall. Yeah. Now, obviously, none of us on this call and nobody at Awana is an epidemiologist, right? So it's important that we say, what I hear in both of you is it's important that we gather now, how we're all doing now as we begin to make plans and come together as a Kidman community while ultimately trusting God that uh, to, for us to use wisdom and how we navigate the sort of uncertainty with what might be coming with COVID in the fall. But to that end, I think if we're going to talk about where we're going and what the sort of next club year looks like, I think it's important that we also talk about where we are now, but I want to zoom out first and just as you met, you know, how are we doing? What have you seen generally in the in Awana, this global ministry that you are part of the leadership team? How have we done in adjusting and pivoting to the realities of coronavirus? Well, I think the body of Christ uh, it truly is resilient. And I think vision and mission drives our behavior. You know, I, it wasn't long after we got into the global uh, pandemic that we're hearing about uh, our mission, ministry in Nepal is launching a, a VBS program. Uh, we're hearing about, I, I see videos on a regular basis of Awana leaders uh, shooting videos directly to kids to be able to share with the parents and the children. And so again, vision drives our behavior. It drives our direction every day. And uh, we know that our vision as an Awana leader is that every child everywhere, all, that all children and youth throughout the world will come to know, love, and serve Jesus, right? And we see what Christ has done in our own lives, and we want to make sure kids have that. And we, we cannot be complacent. We can't, we can't allow the complications to put us in a position where we just throw our hands up and say, well, there's not really much I can do right now. Well, there's a lot we can do right now because vision uh, vision compels us. And so as we look at the fall, you know, and if we're in a situation where we can't completely gather together like we're normally doing, if our vision is that all children are going to know him, love him and serve him, uh, we're going to do some different stuff. You know, we're going to inspire our team uh, to get on the phone, to reach out to kids and to just do some things in different ways. You know, we might, we might decide hey, we're going to get in our cars and we're going to drive to some people's houses and we're going to be out at the sidewalk and cheering kids on. So I, I don't know what all these things are just yet. And I, and I'm, am hearing of churches that are already starting to regather. Obviously we're probably all beginning to see that in some parts of the country. So I just think we're going to have a real big appreciation for what it means this fall to, to be able to be together when we can. And hopefully that means there's just going to be a lot of uh, new energy and excitement uh, to be able to, to see how we can connect with kids and, and lead them to Christ. Totally. I think when I think about my own church experience, I think people are going to be so happy to hear me sing next to them, which has never been true. It, they've never been excited about me being there, but they're going to be excited this time. You know, uh, we have heard stories. We have seen how so many of you, people, even people who listen to this podcast, um, have adapted and have used the resilience that God is building in you as you lead your kids through what coronavirus looks in your community. Because what I've seen as the new guy is that Awana has really done its best to be in a listening posture like you're talking about, Matt. 
of, hey, what's worked in your community? Because maybe that can work for a community across the nation, or maybe that can just inspire the thinking on how you can apply that to your context. And I know, Melanie, what we're talking about here is intentionality. It's talking about how we can be focused on where God has placed us for such a time as this. So when I ask, like, what, what, are some, what are some ways that you've seen clubs be intentional right now? Like, what stories come to mind? Yeah, there, there's so many of them. And I think um, I'm not going to do justice to, to just the massive amount of stories that, have, that we've been able to listen to that just share um, just the resilience that, come, that has come through the heart of every single leader that has looked the season of life in the face and said, um, discipleship is more important and we will figure out what it looks like to connect with these kids to Jesus. Um, um, you know, but there's a couple of, of stories that, that just kind of come to mind. And one of them is, is the way that leaders are beginning to learn that, that, they haven't necessarily had a really good listening posture of listening to their families and the parents that they serve. And so there's a church down in Florida that was talking about how um, they've, they've kind of in the midst of COVID, they were just trying to take their Awana club and just literally um, just transliterate it into an online like a uh, kind of format. And what she realized about two weeks in is that her, she, she began the, the, Karen Palmer, she's the AMD there. She began calling her families individually. And what these parents began to speak back to her was actually that they didn't need it to be completely translated. And so she was able to listen to what they actually needed and begin to have a want at home connections with them that met the needs of the family in this season. And, and so to me, like, what a beautiful opportunity to remember that, that while that was just, um, one method of which we were able to accomplish discipleship is the mission and what it looks like to connect those kids to Christ through the lens of that loving, caring adult, whether that's the parent or whether that's the church leader, um, that lesson has just really risen to the top of, of this is what it looks like to disciple and that, that could change tomorrow. And I think that's the second thing that we've been hearing the most from leaders is them saying like, honestly, we need help, but we don't know in what, because quite frankly, in the fall, like it's going to look completely different than what today looks like. And so you and I could have a conversation today and come up with some sort of a plan. And by the time July 30th rolls around, it's like, everything's changed. I don't know. It's totally different. And I think that's the, the other incredible thing that's come out of this is that for those of us, and I am absolutely this person who really like to get our decks in a row and we're like, we're doing this and this and this and this, and we've got the whole year planned out and we've got a five-year scope and there's nothing wrong with those things. But it has allowed us to be able to pull those pieces apart and say, while they are good, a plan is only as good as it's able to be adapted and changed to what the current needs are. And so I think that's another piece about this whole space that we're looking at is we want to gather online to, to just join as a community that says like, you know what, this might change next week. Um, but what we're talking about 
we're talking about the mission. We're talking about ways that we can help uh, accomplish that mission. And while the method is going to be here and there, um, we as a community know that we are not alone and that we are doing this together side by side. And, and hopefully we can connect you as you're in the chat and, and you're, you're seeing other people that you may have never met before. Um, maybe you'll be able to connect with someone that says, hey, could we jump on a call? I really appreciated what you were saying in that event. And I'd love to hear what your church has been doing. That's also a part of our vision for this, this experience is that not only does this connect you to potentially some, some, some challenging of how do I think about this? How do I shape? How do I think about what the fall might look like? But you can also um, be able to see that side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Like this is a journey that we have chosen to answer yes to the calling that the Lord has placed on our lives. And we're doing this together, no matter whether we're abiding, we're walking in our five-year plan or whether we're walking in the five-hour plan. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, just something that I think is, is true now for the person who has been trying to navigate their ministry th during this time is what I hope is it's shown them is that they are more capable than maybe they're giving themselves credit for. Because what I also think might come from a, a community experience like this is just the acknowledgement of like, y'all, it's been hard and you've done the work. You know, you have stayed focused. You have kept your ministry going. One of the things that I hope for myself personally, and maybe I'm just projecting this on people who listen to this, is that the frenetic pace of the world, when everything got slowed down, I realized, oh man, like slower is often healthier. And we know that the work of discipleship is slow and individual. So for the person who is leading an Awana ministry, and they've been doing it for a really long time, and this year for coronavirus was, uh, it was a challenge for them because it threw off some of those plans. They were a ducks in a row kind of person, and all of a sudden they didn't have any ducks in a row. What do you hope that they're able to take from this event now as they apply it to their ministry in the fall? I think everyone needs vision and practical steps. So let, let's start with the vision. Let's say I, I, one of my favorite times of day is when I get up and I have my morning coffee and it's just me. Don't tell my family I said that. I love them, but I do love just some quiet time, right? So imagine I walk out onto the side porch, which is where I sometimes sit and have my morning coffee and Jesus is right there. Like he's sitting in the chair right next to me. So in, in that moment, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not going to say to him, hey, Jesus, could you talk to me about the schedule for the day? What are our objectives for our time together? You know, I, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just going to be with Jesus because I'm going to be in awe of him. Everything he says is going gonna, is gonna to either wow me or cut to the heart and, and engage me. So, I, so from a vision perspective, how can we look at our Awana ministry with that kind of perspective that, that I, as Christ's advocate and as his, as his disciple, my job is to help that child or these kids or these students see Jesus and to be with Jesus now and for the rest of their lives. So like that's a picture I think we can – I love what Melanie was saying, but that's a, that's a picture to help – connect that right we want to them why are they running a program to help kids be with jesus forever so from a vision perspective can we take that picture into our ministry here and us as our as disciples to be with christ to be present to be to be faithful to him and to be able to help kids to see that and, and experience that and by being in relationship with them so i need to put my mobile phone away i need to be with them 
I need to be high-fiving them. I need to be connected with them. And that through this relationship, they can say, there's something special about Mr. Tim. There's something special uh, about Nancy, right? Like, uh, I want to get to know these people. And through that, they show me Christ. So from my perspective, that's, that's vision for our year. But from a practical step uh, application, I, I think we've, we have to just take it one step at a time. So if we're online this year, if, if, we're, if we're starting our year doing a lot of things online, we have to remember that the Awana program is so that kids can come to know, love, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is all about being in relationship with him. So, so we have to be careful to not get lost in the mechanics and make sure uh, that everything we do is a practical step toward helping that child uh, to know him. Or, or if, I'm in a, if, if we are meeting in physical spaces, a, a practical next step is everything we do make it be designed to where there's a relational connection that through that high five, through that greeting, through that lesson, through that conversation, through that game, there was relationship um, because through those relationships with loving, caring adults, kids encounter something that's different from the secular culture around them that caused them to go, hmm, this is different. What is this? And ultimately, it's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit working through us that they might be with Christ for the rest of their lives. That's so good, man. What you said there reminds me of something that uh that West Stafford said in the resilient documentary, I'm going to do a disservice by quoting it out of context, but he makes the point that kids don't need another thing. That's just entertainment, right? They don't need another thing that is just fluff, you know? And I think so often it becomes easy to get wrapped up in, okay, I just have to have the, like a really engaging experience. And then we meet this uncertainty that comes with the coronavirus and it paralyzes us. But what I hear in both of you is that this focus on the mission uh, not as much the mechanics allows for you to remember why you got into this in the first place. Right. And if you were someone who's listening to this, who got dragged into it, right. Cause we know that that is a lot of your stories is you are the person who just happened to be talking to a child and someone pointed at you and went, Hey, you're the new Awana ministry director, right. Or, Hey, you're the new kid ministry person. You may have a queen Esther type moment, right. Where you may be in this position for such a time as this, and you might be able to lean into this mission of discipleship in a time where no one can be that tied up in mechanics. Because I think sometimes people come to us looking for prescriptions, right? Looking for how do I walk through this path? How do I, how do, I do this thing? And what I hear from both of you is that by saying focus on the mission, we are leaning in on God to lay out that path for you in your local ministry and your local context. Melanie, we know that sub clubs are not necessarily anywhere close to wrapping up. So we also know that this experience, even though we're talking about the fall, has the potential to be really applicable to people right now. We're actually going to talk to Chris Small uh, later for the podcast, so consider this a tease for those of you who are still listening. Can you just tell me about Chris's club and the choices that she's made? Because I think from what I've heard from you, a lot of those types of choices and intention can be applicable to someone who's listening to this right now, even in a much different context. Yeah, you know, for those that don't know, Chris Small is what she's the executive director of Discoveryland Global, um, which is a ministry of Appleton Alliance Church in Appleton, Wisconsin. And um, last week, she and I were were chatting, and and one of the incredible 
ways that she just is able to bring perspective is that um, she has a way of asking questions about what ministry currently looks like and, and, and to find out what the core is of what, of what ministry should be in this space. And I think what's pretty incredible is she kind of tossed back and forth of this, this way that we as humanity, um, we can tend to feel like as different things arise in our life and circumstances, we, t- we can tend to just bounce from reaction to reaction. Um, and so, well, what we might've been doing was a reaction to the fact that we were trying to pull kids in from sports and we were competing with all these different things and life schedules and the hurriedness of life. Now, while that was a reaction to like what we wanted to do to draw kids into the church, now we're kind of reacting to this space of well, now we're reacting to COVID-19. Now we're reacting to what does it look like for us to adapt within all of the, the things about COVID-19. And, and she had this moment where she's like, you know, I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but the COVID-19 will begin to dissipate and it is going to begin to get into our rearview mirror. And for so many of our churches, that is happening right now. Um, they're able to begin to meet. And, and for those of us that, that are still kind of more in a, um, a slower model of, of coming back into society, we're, we're still kind of under the thumb of COVID-19. But she's like, we are going to see COVID-19 in our rearview mirror. And and what I hope that we will have done is that we've sat down and we've been able to unpack what does what does the ministry that I am providing to the families actually look like and how does it connect to with what God says. And so in her specific example, um, and, and we'll hear more about this uh, soon in a, in a couple of days, her leaders sat down and they were able to pull apart just four very like just structural ways in which they want to interact with their community. And so now anytime that they are thinking through anything that they want to offer, it's going through the lens of these pieces. And honestly, it feels very much like our three B's of belong, believe, become. Like if what I'm doing to interact with my families and what I'm doing to interact with um, the, the people, the community that God has called me to serve, how is this helping them to know that they belong here, that they are a child of God and that they are loved more than anything? And how is it letting them know that by believing in this creator God, they have opportunity to be restored to him and live eternally, right? And, and, and how is what we're offering in our churches um, the opportunity to become more like Christ, knowing that while we can only do so much here on earth, that final restoration is going to come in all its glory. And so while they've been able to pull apart in this time, could we potentially build a structure and a foundation that helps us to begin to respond more to what our culture is going to throw at us instead of reacting to the different things and constantly feeling like we're this swivel door that goes back and forth. And so I think that's another piece that I'm just ecstatic about gathering in just a, in just a week and a half or so. Like if, what does it look like for us to come together and say, you know what, we know what God has called us to, and we are going to stick into that. And we're going to allow the culture to pelt us. And while we may adjust and we may tweak the, the method, the way that what we are doing is going to change, but what God has called us to never does. And because we've built our ministries on what God has called us to do, which is disciple children to disciple one another and to love him more, we begin to see a community of believers, no matter what age, I love to say from birth to death, right? A community of believers coming together and saying, 
We disciple one another and we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that is what it looks like for us to exist in community right now. Boom. That's great stuff, Melanie. This event is something that if you are a church that has been connected to Awana, that like this is something we really don't want you to miss, right? This is something where this is us sort of like you were saying earlier, Matt, offering some of that vision, offering some of that what this could look like and fully embracing the fact that, uh, Melanie, you, you used the word hybrid earlier, right? That your fall in particular, but your whole year next year might be a bit hybrid. And how do we do that? And how do we be inspired? And how do we keep going at that? But we also know that there are people right now who are looking for a curriculum. Let's say this is someone's first experience with Awana. How do we hope that this event um, not only inspires them, but equips them that they are capable in leading, but also that we as Awana might have uh, tools that they could check out and learn more about? So I, I love that question because I think that as we engage with, with churches as an organization, we truly, we, we, we do all that we do in the calling that God's placed on our life to be a servant to you. We want to come under, we want to come alongside you. We want to be able to, um, to hear what your church is doing and be able to, to help you. And so when you're sitting at that space and, and you're realizing that discipleship is important, um, here's what I don't want you to hear. We're not telling you that you should, you should have to figure all of this on your own. Like that's, that's part of the reason that I believe that, that God has called Awana to, to bring along this, this, this type of thinking and this idea, these, this, this even program that can come into your church and help in whatever way it can. But I think that's the key point is that we're here to help. And while in the beginning, it may look like this is a little bit more of a plug and play kind of solution. Um, what we hope that interacting with, with Awana and, and the resources that, that we just pray are helpful to you, we hope that it comes to a point where you begin to see these as the true resource solution that they are, which is they are adaptable to what your church mission is. And so while you're sitting in that place of just wide-eyed saying, oh my word, what do I do? That's the space where you are beginning to take that next best step forward and saying, okay, what I need to do is provide intentional discipleship opportunities for the kids and families in my church. Okay. Then once that step is done, the next step is then to say, okay, so how does that fit within the mission of my church and what we're looking to do within our community? And, and I think that is the most, that is the sweet spot that we pray over every church that ever wants to use Awana and, and the incredible resources that God has blessed us with, is that we pray that not only is an opportunity for you to use the resource and that it's a help to you, but that it is married to the way your church functions and the way that you are communicating and engaging and equipping and discipling your community. And that it's the two of them together that makes a unique experience that God has called and is equipping to reach that specific community that you're a part of. Boom again. Well done. Matt, I do want to take the time just now to reiterate, you know, we would love to see you on June 23rd. On, it'll be premiered on Awana's Facebook 
at both 1 and 8 p.m. Eastern. And again, if you don't know what any of those words mean, it is totally okay. Just follow the links in the show notes. If you don't know where the show notes are, Google wherever you're listening to this and the word show notes, and you'll make, we'll make sure that you get there. Or email me personally at podcast.awanda.org. We're going to make sure that you experience this event uh, because we think it's that valuable. A lot of the conversations we have in this podcast, but in general, this message of resilient child discipleship, it is not exclusive to uh, children's ministry leaders. We know that senior pastors, executive leadership, parents especially, we know that there is value in this banner that Awana is trying to raise. If you are someone who is not a children's ministry leader, but you are someone who cares about kids, is this event or are the conversations coming from this event also going to be beneficial to you? Yes, absolutely, Ross. Um, You know, as I think about 2020, I think of the word division. Uh, This... COVID-19 divided us all into our own homes and separated us. And then there's clearly been some horrific uh, racial uh, conversations and events that have just divided this country. But then I went to Jesus in John 17. Jesus is praying for the disciples and the future disciples. And he prays in verse 21 that they may all be one. Just as you, Father are in me and I am in you. And so I think what what the church needs right now is to come together and to be one and to look for opportunities to to live that out. So whether you're just starting out as a ministry leader or a one leader, or whether you've been doing this for 30 or 40 years, this is a great opportunity to come together and to exercise the joy and the opportunity we have to be unified in the gospel in Christ and the mission of reaching and discipling kids. So, man, I I hope you guys are going to join us on June 23rd. It's going to be a great time. It is going to be a time of unity and a time to celebrate the ministry and the opportunity to reach and disciple kids. And, man, I hope you guys are going to be there. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Thanks to Kevin Orris and Phil Wallace for making the podcast happen. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you on Thursday.